Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 2, Episode 29. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Um, and today I've got Peter Cancel um, coming back on and we're going to chat over some of the different interviews that we've had over the last few weeks um, and just sort of get a, a head teacher's um, perspective on these things. And, um, and while a lot of them sound like fantastic ideas, we also know that actually getting your school involved in these things and sort of convincing your head teacher or some of your senior management to take them on board, even if as a teacher you're enthusiastic about it, isn't necessarily as straightforward as that so so we're going to sort of take that sort of inside school tack today and just sort of chat over all of those things so hi peter and thanks for being on again hello mark how are you brilliant thank you very much so um so let's um let's start with the with the nape conference interviews that we did because um you were there um as part of nape as you're on the national council as well in, in terms of sort of setting it all up so give us a little bit of a background about why they decided to do the conference and, and how well you think it went in terms of what the audience actually got out of it from being there well it was interesting because the proposal the original proposal was to run a trade fair for for uh from my, an ict point of view for for, for schools <clears throat> and my experience as a head teacher said, I'm not going to come out for that. I can get all that online. I don't need people to tell me what I'm going to buy. Um, and I haven't got time. So you know, thinking from that perspective, what I suggested was that actually you need something to hook people in. And it needs to be value for money. If people can spend time out of school, it needs to be worth them spending time out of school for. And so... We said, well, you know, we've got contacts with some really good speakers, you know, Miles Berry, Tim Rylands, Tim, you know, who's always engaging, is really good. Um, Stuart, who is, you know, is vice chair of, of NAPE, was also available as well, and, and Stella James. And so we started putting together this package, which we felt would attract people to come and actually enjoy some ex- the, the, the trade fair as part of the experience of um, getting the, the, the information from people who are experts in their field. Um, and it went together really well. The highlight for me, I have to say, was in the afternoon, um, seeing 50-odd teachers and head teachers sitting on the floor playing with Lego and making things. Absolutely brilliant. you know. So it's, and you don't get the opportunity at many conferences. And so you know, I think all the feedback we had was absolutely positive everybody was said you know, this is a really good conference we've enjoyed it we enjoyed the mix of things and i was just in a meeting yesterday um talking about that you know that there will be another one in october and I, I really think like like you just said there what was so exciting about it was the fact that the first um event where all the teachers were sat down and they were um tim was the first speaker and everyone's there not quite sure how it's going to pan out and what's going to be done whether they're going to be talked to or whether there's going to be some participation um and it was just the fact that almost instantaneously once it started 
the sort of that air of anticipation got exciting and 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 all the sort of the the, the concern that some people have when they go to these things just lifted and it was just a lot of fun the whole day was fun the the um the talks and the information were incredibly useful for everybody that was there but i think it just like to say the engagement of it was was probably something you can't get anywhere else it needs to have that kind of that content and and that two-way street of a speaker and an audience and then like you say once you add the fact that you're then actually participating in a in a workshop almost rather than just a, a speaking event then it really takes on a whole new life doesn't it yeah and, and tim was brilliant at that we knew tim from before so we knew what we were getting with him and uh, and you know he was he was bound to deliver something which was engaging and would make people still think and and that's great and enjoy themselves and and to start the day with that is really good um and and you know there was a mix added to that but but i mean some of the things that tim was using there was a wonderful hologram thing that he was using which had people sitting in the front row of the audience stroking an elephant you know but which clearly didn't exist but 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 they could see it then we could see it on the screen this person's hand coming out and stroking the elephant it was really bizarre but you could see how kids would love that in in the school and if you know and it was all you know simple stuff it wasn't you know major major um understanding of technology or anything of that sort you just you know click on a few buttons and you could get it and that's and that's really key, isn't it? Because it has to be accessible. You know, we, we you can yeah. wow people with things which cost a lot of money, but it has to be. You know, what can we put into the schools? What have we got access to? And how can we make these things? You know, make our kids feel inspired. And and that was exactly it. that. The whole premise is the fact that you can actually do this, and we're here to give you the ideas and the chance to do that and that's really where i think the whole thing was such a success and um and having spoken to the people in the trade fair stuff as well um you know i think the engagement from the people in the actual workshops and the and the speeches actually then sort of came through into the people because they were much more engaged in walking around and chatting to the people that had some stalls there because um they're already in that sort of frame of mind so i think everyone was a winner from that point of view yeah, and it is important, you know, though, you know, I'd said at the beginning as a head, I, I wouldn't have gone out to a trade fair, but it's really important, <clears throat> particularly in ICT, to go out and find out what is out there. And that's why BETS are such a success, because people need to know, you know, we're always so far behind in education, in schools, um, you know, in, in grasping the new technology. You know, just if you just cast your mind back just a tiny bit on how long it took um, the hardware that we need. You know, schools will still be behind with with their hardware even now. But there are people out there now getting iPads and getting this. But, but you know, how long have iPads been around? You know, and they're only just starting to come in schools. The only thing that gives me hope is that having spent some time visiting schools in France, um, you know, they were much, much further behind than we were. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, I don't know what that, whether, that, whether that's a... a um, a hopeful thing or a brexit thing or what is i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah well that that remains to be seen doesn't it um, i'm sure it'll all change um I, I think one of the things that i've noticed over these weeks of, of chatting to different people is the fact that um the technology is much more encompassing and and having partners within your um development of ict and computing is really important it's like you say just having a set of ipads 
is brilliant, but it's what you're going to do with it then. You know, what are you going to yeah. do when they need updating? What do you do when you need to actually upgrade them and get another set, another set of them? And so I think the partnerships between the, the companies and the organizations that can do the broadband for you, the ones that can look after all the technology, that can keep you up to date enough so that you can actually keep pushing the boundaries, I think those relationships are going to become more and more important. Yeah, they are. And, 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 and the key thing, and I think this came across in, in the season's um, podcast that we've had is that we are at a point now where the hardware isn't really an issue because most of it can be done on most platforms many platforms quite often um, and and so now it's about and, and I think I've been fighting for this for a long time you know someone that that, that whose early teaching career was using BBC micros and, and RM stuff you know nimbuses um, th- you know, I I know how desperate we were to get people to develop the software and in order to use it. Now, people are developing software and apps. Everything seems to be quickly available, particularly with apps, you know, that, that people are familiar with using them on their phones and on iPads and so on. And so that's the exciting thing for me is that we're not now held back by not having sufficient uh, hardware. You know, having one computer in the classroom was a problem. I have to say, especially when it's run by a cassette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Take the whole lesson to load, ready to go yeah, again. And exactly. and and it and it's, it seems to me from when we were chatting to Lee Parkinson, um, um, it was more the fact that just having access to the apps and and the, and the hardware um, is the starting point. But then it it was sort of his. Um, insights were much more about you know what you do with them there you know if you've got the chance to read a blog then let's find a way of actually writing one you know if you if you've got some recording stuff to do and you can listen to music and all that sort of thing then you know create some music you know and and it was it was how you use the apps and how you use the hardware to then be creative and I thought that was a really exciting thing and that's that's something which we can really support teachers in doing I think yeah I I thought the stuff with with Lee was 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 fantastic actually. The, the the range of things that he was discussing um, were were really important. Uh, exactly as you say, you know, it's not about um, being being restricted. It's about making use of it in the real world. You know, and that and that's the important thing from what he was saying. I thought, and with many of these things, you know, it, it's it's how we can relate to to what children are doing to what's happening in the real world and actually exceeding what's happening in the real world in a number of cases, you know, and you could tell that with um, the podcast with Arnav, you know, which I thought that just demonstrated for me uh, how much we, even as primary teachers and primary head teachers, uh, underestimate the abilities of our primary age children. I just you know, I thought, he, he, you know, what he's doing is phenomenal stuff. And clearly, you know, he's a, he's a young man who is somewhat gifted in that area. But actually, you know, I, I know from experience that, that if you give them the opportunity, young children would do phenomenal things, you know. And we and the, the problem is not necessarily with teachers and head teachers. It's often about the system. You know, how do you measure what Arnav is doing with his sats, how you know how how will anybody know from his sats results what he's able to do? You know he would probably, I should think, do very well in his sats, but but I don't know. But it but it's 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 not a measure of education. Education is much much broader than just 
the simple things of maths and English and whatever, you know, and being able to demonstrate the first part of a, a, a declension of a, na- of a verb. And it demonstrates for me how important it is for us to let children explore ideas and, and then spend time on things. You know, that, that what he had done was spend quite a lot of time de- de- developing these ideas. And we, you know, our system in primary schools, well, and in secondaries as well, I guess, um, is very much um, against spending time developing ideas. And it, oh, sorry, and it, and, it, and it goes beyond what he was doing and what is possible to do is going beyond just the narrow confines of ICT. You know, we tend to restrict things into subject areas, don't we? You know, we, we, we define it in a particular way. And, and it's go, it's, you can't do that. It's got to be cross-curricular. It's got to be developing in all sorts of ways. And, the, and, the, and the, speaking of Arnav, the, the one thing that came across was one that, like say, he had the time because he he was learning his coding through Khan Academy. He'd obviously been given mm. a, a Raspberry Pi and, and was able to do that. But the, the soul of, of his project, despite his obvious talents in, in that kind of development, was the fact that he was trying to help people. Um, and and that yeah. that came across in 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 both the apps for good interviews and 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 all of those things. When you heard the children talk about them, they were so excited. It's about the process. The tech was enabled them to do something they wouldn't normally be able to do within their class because of the support from the organisations and the mentorship. But actually, the creativity side of it was was what was really getting them fired up. And to be able to follow that through over a number of weeks and months, and then to have the thing developed so they could actually physically have something to show. Um, was, was was the really key thing. I think that was a real theme through the whole season, really. It was the fact that it's it's a way of the inspiration coming through. It was people working in groups, and it was also within the, sort of the ICT umbrella, if you like. Um, they were also talking about the fact, you know, some people helped do the, the, the designing, some people were organising, some people were helped doing the publicity. Um, and so within that umbrella, it was their talents coming through. And when you're working in a group of people, where you've got the time, when you can organise yourselves, people do actually work to their strengths of course and 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 then it goes beyond that because the next stage after that was for him to talk about it and for him to be interviewed about it and to have that confidence you know it builds things which are intangible confidence self-confidence self-esteem all those things you know not necessarily for our because he might have been like you know confident and, and articulate beforehand but for some children it would enable them to develop that because they have that opportunity because they've been put in that position of exploring their abilities and then it brings further opportunities um i think actually arnav had actually said as well that um he was actually quite shy before i think it was that was one of the real the real plus points for him was that was the ability to to be able to speak and stand up and be much more himself um and so as a teacher if, if you've been listening to this season and you've sort of been inspired to try and get some of these things into your into your school whether it's part of the barefoot um um computing or anything like that um how how would you go about then speaking to to a head about imp- implementing it because we know one of the barriers is money and we we know the apps for good organization and also the barefoot they were both free resources um so you haven't got a money barrier but you do have a sort of a change of tack barrier i guess in terms of implementing something new or taking time out of your timetable depending on how your how your timetable fits within your school so i mean is it the kind of things that we're talking about that you need to press which you think would make the difference 
It is. I mean, that word free is a, is a key word for all head teachers. They like that word. Um, it, and I knew you were going to ask me this question. And, and I was thinking to myself, well, yeah, what do you do? How do you persuade a head that actually, you know, making the year sixes do extra, extra study for SATs at this time of year isn't that important? Um, I, you know, as a head teacher myself, I, it, you know, I didn't feel that it was that important. I thought they were, you know, it's part of life. But actually, it's not going to change their life, whereas a lot of these things will change their lives. So it's about being able to have those conversations. It's a, it's bigger than just trying to persuade the head teacher to do this thing. It's about it's about changing the culture. And, and it goes beyond schools because, of course, it, schools are just part of the system. And we're bound up in the notion that the only way you can judge a child is by um, testing them. Uh, and they have no quality or value at all unless you test them and they are at a particular um, level or whatever you might call it now of, you know, they equal so many apples. It, you know, it's, it's nonsense. Anybody that knows about education knows that it's nonsense. But we work in systems that demand that. And it's a it's a political issue, isn't it? I thought that that one answer it, is some of the stuff that Lee Parkinson was talking about, which is about not um, considering it as a as a, a subject, but making it cross curricular. About making making using ICT, using these apps, using all these wonderful ideas as part of what you have to do anyway. So you know, despite my moans about about um, testing, there are still areas of the curriculum, still areas of the timetable where there is that freedom. I was struck by. Um, some of the stuff that was that was being done, which seemed to me, and I'm trying just trying to remember who it was that was talking about, but but there was something which linked for me to um, some work that we were doing in my school, which was called Mantle of the Expert. I don't know if you know about Mantle of the Expert, but this is a a format where. Um, which was developed by somebody called Dorothy Hethcote quite a long time ago. It's pursued by um, a, a number of schools. There's a website about it. So if you put Mantle of the Expert into Google, you will find lots of stuff about it. What, what, what happens is that, that you set up a company, you get the children to set up a company to, to take on a particular project. Um, and um, for instance, I, one of the things that that, that that we did was we said, OK, for our summer fair, we're going to have um, cake store or teas rather, you know, the, the, the cafe type thing. So how about if class four take responsibility for this? So we got the teacher to, 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 to or I wrote to the teacher wrote a formal letter to the teacher saying I would like class four to be responsible. Um, but it has to be properly cost. It has to be properly run everything has to be made properly they can buy things in we would provide some seed funding if necessary all those sorts of things that you would have with setting up a small company but they had to operate as a small company and and they were you know it was wonderful and we've we've had much more abstract things that 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 worked with it with a, a final product which was a, was a cafe at the end of it but we've had much more abstract things than that we had one group who were um developed some recycling because um, they want to extract metals from paper in the classroom. And so they set up a recycling company. 
and you change it as the teacher, you facilitate it. It's very much child driven, but you change it by the use of um, letters which come from the people that have contracted you to do the work. Um, and these, of course, are quite um, imaginary, um, but they can develop and steer the work. And it struck me, it was when Chris Aitken was talking, he was talking about the, the way in which, um, you know, the, the, the teachers are facilitators. And he was talking about science, wasn't he? But apps, apps for good and science happening in his classroom. That's right. And I was just struck by how, you know, the children get driven along by the passion of what they, they want to do, as well as the teachers driven by it. And the, but the children are driven by their passion and the teachers are just supporting them. And there, and there, and the teachers are also learning how, or the external experts that come in. Because I think that was barefoot stuff as, as well, wasn't it? That yes, was talking that's about, right. Um, by from industry, and you know, all drawing in all this expertise, and actually having something which fits to um, a real life problem. I think you know can be can be very rewarding, and helps children to be you know so much more engaged with what they're doing. I mean, I, I certainly like the idea of of feeling like your school um, as as an environment, and also your learning experience as an environment is part of the bigger world. I mean, that that just seems like a very important thing to do, and and bringing people in. And um, I think one of the things that um, Lee Parkinson had said was about you know they were they were doing some writing which they then published on their blog, um, and because of social media and because of the fact that everything's online, it might have been to do with a poet or something like that. And then you get immediate interaction almost back from the person that you might have been studying, um, if they're still alive, you know, and you're working in that sort of model modern day you know they then get tweeted back or facebook back and that sort of thing um and and so you you, it has real purpose has real life to it and um and i think what you said there is really key but i'd be really interested to know do you do you think teachers these days have the have not necessarily have the skills but because like you say a lot of the way that you have to teach these days is quite formulaic it has to be quite time sensitive you know having to sort of step out of that boundary of being more of a a mentor or facilitator in those projects where it's where they're much more child-led do you think that people actually feel a little bit kind of out of their comfort zone in that or do you think that's something that they'll embrace i think they definitely feel out of their comfort zone it's quite scary because because we've had you know 15 years or longer of persuading teachers that they should teach to the teach to the test but also teach to the curriculum so you know it's all with the national curriculum it, it laid out what people should teach and it's all done by numbers almost you know when three or four years ago it was suddenly announced oh well you don't have to teach the national curriculum you don't have to use this you can find or when or when people when they said you know you don't have to use levels anymore you have to find something else it, people find it very scary because if you if you insist that people do things for X number of years, after a while they find it difficult to do it in a different way, you know, and, and that that's the situation we find ourselves in. But if you if you can get somebody in the school who is who can become excited and passionate about it and will persuade people, I think that you know there is the opportunity there to change things. But it is about you know, passing on these ideas. I thought Lee's stuff, I, I, I was in, very intrigued by a lot of what he was saying. Um, and, and it, you know, he, he, he encourages children, but also teachers to be creative and in, in the way they use ICT. 
and and it's across all platforms but it, but he was saying how we're stuck in the past you know and we are we you know, we need to push forward we need we need to recognize that the children that we're teaching will be in will be in a totally different world to the teach to the children we've taught in the past they will have different things to worry about and different things to cope with I think that's absolutely true and and, and that's where Arnav was such a, an inspiration because you know he'd found something in the world that he wanted to help and mm. and support and he was able to go and do it on his own you know it wasn't a school project it was something that he'd done because in this day and age you can go to the Khan Academy and you can teach yourself coding and um, you know you've got the time to do that and I think that was that was really important and, and I think the enthusiasm thing I think as a teacher um, being your best self in that thing is probably the best thing you can do to try and sell it to a school if indeed yeah. you need to sell it to a school um, it was a bit like when I was chatting to Simon um, the volunteer um, for Barefoot yeah. um, it was it was his enthusiasm I mean you could just see he was passionate about the education side he was passionate yeah. about the children he could relate it to his sons that were that, that were sort of just been through that sort of stage as they were a little bit older then but being able to then put something back you know being a volunteer and actually say no this is something I want to do I can really see the benefit for it and i can see how it then gets taken on through the class and then through the school and especially something like barefoot which you can embed across all different age groups um and all the way through it and um when i was at the bt tower and i was chatting to the teachers there about that and how they were doing that you suddenly thought yes actually this is a really you just need that one or two people just to go oh yeah i get this and we can then start to put that in place and things really can sort of take off and um i think also on the on the podcast I did with Chris Moss um, um, from Piotr Apps, um, mm. I think one of the most important things he said about that, and I think it's a great idea, I think communication is a really important thing, um, but it was the fact that actually you could go to them and say, I think this is a really good idea, I need to take it to my senior management, how am I going to do this? And they'll actually create the app for you, they'll put your school branding on the app, so that when you're going to your head teacher, or you're going to try and get the funding for the to get it done, you've actually got it for free, on a free yeah. trial with your school app already in hand and and has and as he said you know once you're there actually showing them what it can do then it's almost a no-brainer you know once you've got that far you can do it and i think having that ability just to get people through the door to show them what it actually is before they have to part with any money especially is really important and the fact that i thought it was great value you know, you know 200 pounds just to set it up and then um i think it was 500 pounds for each year after that i mean as I said on the interview, you know, as a parent, I'd pay the pound or two just to have that from the parental point of view, you know, knowing that I've got a school app which has got everything I need in all one place because I do spend an awful lot of my time trying to find the last letter or the last email or, or tweet about something which has gone yeah. awry. Um, and, um, but I think it is, like I said, it's literally just that ability to be able to say, look, this is it, I can show you it, it's here. And, uh, and I think the technology really supports that because so many of these things are online now that you can say, look, let's just look at this, or you know, here's the app that we can use, or here's someone talking um, about what's gone on. And that's kind of the whole point with this, um, this season and, and this podcast as a whole is it's that sort of literally showing you what's already there, what's out there and, and what can be achieved yeah. before you actually need to just sort of sell a concept. You actually can sell something which is already available. And, and once, you, once you've achieved that, of course, you then got breaking down the fear factor in, in, in other staff, in, you know, in, your, in your colleagues, because that's, and I think Simon was talking about that as well, you know, but, it, but with, with the, the barefoot stuff that he was talking about, it breaks it down into manageable bits, you know, so that actually it enables, it could, because, you know, with the best will in the world, 
it, it, I have to say that it's probably harder to, to um, engage teachers with a new way of doing things than it is to engage children. You know, the children will just take to it and they'll do it and they'll give it a go. And if it doesn't work, they'll give it a different go. You know, teachers like it all to work first time and to be on top of it. And that's really hard for teachers because, um, you know, they have, feel they have a responsibility to be in charge of what's going on. Primary teachers are notorious for that. And, it, and you have to let go sometimes. You have to let go and just try it and see. And hopefully, you know, talking, I know when when Lee was talking, he was talking about, he mentioned someone called Richard Gerver. Well, Richard's one of our associates of Oxford School of Thought. And he, he is a wonderful speaker, but he just encourages people. And I would recommend anybody that gets a chance to, 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 to listen to him, you know, because he will tell you that, that, that you can do it, that it's possible. If you want to do it, you can do it. And, you know, and, but you do need support. You do need that sort of support of people saying to you, yeah, go out there and try. You can do it. You can do it. We've had too long where teachers haven't been trusted. We've had too long where we've been told, well, you're not really that good at doing these things. Um, so we'll tell you how to do it. Actually, most of the teachers that I know are phenomenally good at doing things. They're very capable of doing things if they believe in it, and if they believe in themselves. And um, and that's the and I find that a lot. And, and I've said this on previous interviews, um, you know, going into schools and doing music and that, that sort of thing. There are lots of teachers who are slightly um, fearful about, you know, how am I going to do this? Um, mm. But once you just get everyone doing it, and, and, and fear generally is, you know, fear of the unknown, fear of being out yeah. of your comfort zone. So once you can just bring e each of these things back to the first step, you know, what do I do now? What am I trying to do here? What am I trying to achieve there? You know, let's go with the flow. We'll, we'll set it off and see where we go, but we'll support each other in that journey. Um, then then the fear disappears because then it's then you're on a positive um, um, path, aren't you? So when when you're in that frame of mind the fear has to go because you can't have you know that enthusiasm and fear in the same thought and that and that's sort of an important sort of well-being tack as well it's just that kind of you know where you focus your energy um is a really important key to, to what your results would be in the path that you're going to go on yeah yeah and 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 so many of the people that you spoke to what came across more than anything else was their passion was their desire to make it happen and and you need that you need people that can go out there and and make it make you want it, to do it i think there are, I, I i i don't know if you followed up on um on lee's website if you looked at his his website or he's I got have, some stuff yes. on yeah I, and some wonderfully amusing things that, that, that the oxford reading tree stuff that he's been doing um with mrs may um, which is it's great to see the prime minister doing a useful job actually I thought <laughs> uh, doing something socially valuable um, but it, but it's great fun you know and he he is all tongue in cheek stuff and is 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 very very uh, very funny um, but you know those sorts of ways in of just making people think you know just have a little bit of a giggle and then perhaps think well actually you know I could enjoy this we all could do a bit more enjoyment in life I think. Uh, I always wanted to have it in my school. I always used to say to parents that, you know, I can't, 
I can't show you any evidence to show that children learn better when they're happy. Um, I've got quite a lot of evidence to show they don't learn very well when they're not happy. But it's true of teachers as well. You know, they teach better and they do a better job when they're happy and when they're enjoying what they're doing. That's that's absolutely true, and, and I think you're right. I think some of the some of the things that Lee creates, um, and he has some incredible followings of these things. I, I was watching one of his clips of um, with what teachers do in in singing assemblies, and and their different takes on those things, whether they're miming yeah. or whether they know the words or don't know the words or think they're a rock yeah. star, whatever it happened to be. But it was something yeah. like sort of four hundred thousand views or something. You know, I mean, it really lots of engagement through there, and and I, and I think as um. As the interview um, I did back in season one with Kelly Long, when we were talking about you know sort of Facebook groups and the internet and how all that works in terms of supporting everyone, it's just that that's an awful lot of people watching something and enjoying the content and actually from there getting access to to information which is is, is incredibly life changing and supportive for you as a teacher and also within a school and, and like I say, I think actually you know us all lightening up about these things yes we're doing an incredible job but we should be enjoying the journey with the children that we're actually teaching as well and 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 learning from them as well and i think if whatever way you can actually get into that frame of mind of just thinking oh great it's another day let's see where we go then i think we're really on to a winner then and i think there was an important thing in in when you were talking to simon he he was something that i whether he said it or whether i just inferred it from what he was saying um, but he, he he was saying that there isn't much to change, actually. It's just a small difference in the language that we're using. And, you know, and if people can understand that, it, there isn't, there isn't, you know, most, most of us are using apps and using things in our, in our real lives outside of school. Um, and it isn't a big step to use them in school and to use them, you know, in the, in the way that, that people are, are demonstrating. And I think that, you know, if we can convince people it's not that hard, I think we can actually get a long way and uh, and get towards the sort of goals that you and I both th- feel are right. I think that's right. And I think that's that's one of the things that just struck me then as you were talking about it is that there are levels of these things aren't there and it's it's all very well listening to a podcast and getting excited about the prospect of something and then suddenly in the cold light of day standing up in your class going ah this feels a little bit different to how I felt when I was listening to it on my commute on the way in or when I was doing my work or whatever it happened to be but but I think that may well be why something like the apps for good is such a good thing because while you have to take a little bit of a step back in terms of how you um teach it and present it within your class you do have everything that you need to um at your fingertips you know the resources are online you know you have access to um to people um coming in and mentoring and you get all the support that you actually need so if you want to have a slightly different change of tack in your school in a slightly different direction you can use and something like that which is really already made for you and then it's just a question of coordinating it um and then from there you can expand so then talking about you know having your a school blog if you haven't got a school blog or or completely changing how you're using computing across the curriculum you then start to feel that you've got a bit more confidence about that yourself or being able to take that to the rest of the staff and showing how to do that and you know talking about um um lee patterson um parkinson sorry to be able to you know say look this is this is how we can do it you know we can either get an inset in or we can you know we can all follow his um his blog and his website and find these things and from there you find other people in different parts of the curriculum that you can do um and 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 you could do it stage by stage bit by bit you don't have to literally jump off the cliff and then think now i'm going to do this but i'm not quite sure how the support is there in whatever stage you're at 
and and it's important to have things exactly like this podcast mark you know it, it, it education in in the uk education across the world i think is benefiting enormously from people like you who are standing up and saying actually i'm going to do that and and starting something like this which you know has got to be well from the from the feedback that comes up you can see is really helping people to support i it, it i find it quite interesting because because the, the feedback that you get is not from people that are suddenly engaging with it and saying oh i never knew that and i'd like to do it it's actually giving them the confidence to say yeah that's right i'm going to i'm going to redouble my efforts now because i really think that what you're saying it's given me the confidence and the authorization in a way to go and do those things and that's part of it isn't it it's about it's about being authorized to to, to work in a particular way yeah i think that's right and, and i have talked before about that you know you think that your world is purely just the the four walls of the school and, and depending on what the um what the environment's like that's kind of how it has to be and and opening it up sort of through the podcast and and knowing that there's a whole tribe of people out there you know a whole staff room if you like of people who do think your way who are trying to progress things who are trying to you know be really enthusiastic and find new ways of doing things if that's not necessarily the way that um your school generally does it um that gives you a real boost because you think actually no i you know the percentage might not be high in my school but the percentage of the people that i'm hearing through the podcast or the people that i'm watching on youtube um there are people there and actually that we are making a difference and we do have some control and i think the control is probably quite an important factor isn't it the feeling like you can actually within the constraints of the curriculum you can actually do things and make a big difference not only to the the students that you're teaching but to the way that you're teaching and therefore your experience of actually being a teacher and that's probably key especially in this day and age where you know time and money is tight you know you can actually do it in such a way that you can still keep that next day i'm still excited rather than you know two or three weeks into a new term starting to feel that burnout already kicking in yeah yeah i i well you know having experienced that recently with with teachers who who are just struggling to 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 get through the day you know and it and it's partly because they're not really enjoying what they're doing they can't see beyond the narrow confines that they've been set for them. And, you know, we need to break out of that. Can I just ask you a couple of questions, Mark? Of course. I'm, you know, it might be that, that one of the roles I can have is 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 to be that dim person who who um, doesn't know what they're talking about, as, as well as being an expert. You know, it, it, it fits in well with the Govian pattern of education, it seems to me. <laughs> um, I, I, I was a bit confused. At, at some point when I was looking at all the different different podcasts, there's a difference between apps for good and tech for good. Is that, am I right in thinking that? Um, yes. Um, apps for good um, is an organisation that actually the whole project is about going into schools um, and basically within the school you get the chance to develop an app. So the principle behind it is, is that within teams within your class or however you decide to take it up what you're going to do is you're going to think of something um, a situation in life that you want to you want to change or support so for example in in the apps for good awards that you heard about there was um lilies um and there was um deploy and various things like that one yeah. of them was to do with um helping a, a disabled um relative in terms of getting a job that sort of thing so you sort of come up with that concept and then you um 
how 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 can we create an app that can help that what do we need it to service how are we going to support it and you design it and you think about it and then you get the support to take you through to submit it and then if you're one of the people that then goes even further in the process having had all that support if the awards then the few people at the very end then get the chance to get them actually developed and i think they were put onto google play whereas yeah. the tech for good is slightly different because that's it can be any age um, yeah. rather than it being a necessarily a school specific thing um but it's a, an, an award that's there to celebrate what is already going on so if you have something you're doing anyway or something that you've already created or something you'd like to show off and get some more publicity and and, and be part of a community that supports that sort of thing that's what the um the tech for good awards are for and and it was developed through ability net which is the the conversation i had with mark walker and he was there sort of telling us about sort of how they were doing that and just basically wanting to connect the dots up really between i've got this idea and i've created this thing but i don't quite know where to go now so through the award system you then have this big network and we can you can talk to this person you can talk to that person and we can all have a big chat and improve the and expand the community and from there we'll see where it progresses so it's just kind of that way of sort of lighting the fire of things that are already happening and seeing where they go so so it's a similar idea but it's not limited to apps it's it's, it's technology across the board Is absolutely that, it's technology yeah. more than apps and, and interestingly apps for good will were someone that actually were involved in the in the tech for good awards even though they're called uh, apps for good <laughs> so they'd sort of gone through the same process as well i can so, yeah. i can see why i'm confused because because what it struck me that what arnav had done was actually an apps for good thing but he couldn't do apps for good because he wasn't 10 plus you know and that just struck me as a bit after limited to 10 plus actually to be honest and, and quite clearly children much younger than that are capable of doing things which which would you know fit into their model but it, but his um thing that he did would have fitted the apps for good criteria wouldn't it um it it, it would in as much as um because of the coding and that kind of thing but it's not an app per se because what he'd actually done is he'd actually developed the actual piece of kit with the sensors and all of the things on a raspberry pi oh, as well so it's actually it's actually a device rather than an app as such right. so oh, and, and so because that his way of developing it was that he wanted to create a device which would support people who had asthma and so the coding side of that came purely through wanting to make his device actually have um, a way of working i understand see i'm learning as i go (laughs) (laughs) even at my age um so so tell me what from all the things that you listen to th- throughout the the season is there anything else that struck you or anything else you want to touch on um um bef- before we round everything up i think that the that the links to the real world the coding for a purpose stuff that came out of apps for good i thought was really good and the partnerships the fact that there are partnerships out there both through that and through the barefoot stuff you know i think needs flagging up more because that's one of the things that i've discovered um, as I've been developing the, 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 the Oxford School of Thought, is that even as what I thought was quite a well-informed education professional, there were so many things I didn't know about the link to education, um, you know, bodies and and um, resources. There's so much there that you don't know about, and and I thought I was getting loads of information. So it's about communication. It's about making sure people know about these things. And that's very hard. It's very hard for marketers because actually there are a lot of um, barriers set up to stop marketing stuff getting into school. It's hard for people to have 
even uh, informal approaches to schools. And so, you know, perhaps there should be some way of, of setting up um, s some links to schools it, it, so that they do find out about these things. And the, and the NAEP conference is a good way of doing it. I think that they, you know, the, those sorts of um, ideas and platforms are a good way of getting people to be more aware of what's going on. And I think, you know, from my perspective, the, the, the NAEP one, which was, you know, clearly um, a locally based one, rather than the BET conference, which, you know, for all its benefits, is so massive that, you know, it's overwhelming, I think, to some extent. But you do get, you know, loads and loads of ideas of new stuff that's out there and coming so we need to find ways of breaking through that in all areas of the curriculum it's not just in it but in all areas i think that that needs to happen um but you know ideas like this like 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 the podcast getting people to to, to have the opportunity to listen to these things and to hear about this you know is you know if you think about if you think about what channels there are for teachers to know about stuff we need to change the culture because there are very few you know when you're in the classroom you know it's partly because you haven't got the time or energy to find out about new things because you're so busy just trying to cope with what you're doing but it's but we need to find ways of unlocking that for people um, that's absolutely true and, and it's it's one of the things I, I try and stress a lot um, is from the podcast point of view a couple of things that you spoke uh, spoke about there which to touch on and um, and one of them is the fact that that's the reason why as part of Education on Fire I wanted to do it in, in theme series um, because you know season two here with i'm um, computing and ed tech and all that sort of stuff we, we've we've covered an awful lot of things in those things but there's so much other parts of, of the curriculum as well so which is why i want to sort of keep keep it going get you know get into season three four and five and, and so that we can share all of those types of things as well but it, of course it it also needs to be in a way that people can comprehend as well and because the podcast medium is, is always there you know this ed tech computing season will stay on the website it stays on itunes and so yeah people can then see that so once we move into season three which is going to be talking about the children we're going to then move on to music and then sport and well-being and that sort of thing because you've got this sort of trail of stuff we've done already i think this bank of technology um um and, and content which is there all the time is, is 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 such a new way of of being able to do it and because you can access it all the time and also we can update the show notes as well so as, as new things come up we can sort of put an extra link on there so it'll always be as up to date as we can as we can with those things i think is in is in incredibly important and and the other thing is um it's the ability to go from the inside of the school out. You know, if we're, as teachers, we're just waiting for someone to say, this is your next piece of twilight, um, or this is your next um, inset that you've got to go to, then it might not be what you want. It might not quite fit in with where you want to see your class going. Whereas as a teacher, you know, if you can just spend a bit of time just thinking, you know, when you're on your Facebook groups, because there are thousands and thousands of people that um, I'm chatting to in various groups that, um, on any given week um, and, and different organisations and sort of notice boards of things and the people that have contacted me um, saying how much they're enjoying listening to the podcast you know just just sharing that with people you know just get other people to listen as well get some allies and what it is that you want to do and then yeah. as we said just before you know from that you can then take that to another teacher you can take that to your head or take it to your senior management and just say look these ideas are here you know can I just try this you know or they've given me the opportunity to download this is free you know 
can we just try that um and and it just has that little bit more of authority but it's something you've been able to do and something you can run with and you can then enjoy your creativity within that within the confines of of what it is that you're having to do within your school yeah and 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 trying things out and and, and seeing if they work you know get, children are brilliant at, at running with new ideas i remember a few this is something that that um tim ryland uses actually it's a program called mist which is an adventure game thing really um but one of my teachers had um learned about it and she discovered it and she started using it for creative writing and the phenomenal things that the children were doing because they were being led through this adventure game um with with no um no sound to it at all no no text to it so they were having to make up the story and describe the story and describe what was happening and, and it meant she could use this as, as a way of developing particularly boys who were intrigued by it and wanting to be involved in it, and they and they were desperate to keep watching it every week and 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 every every session that she was doing it, and and I know that Tim's developed some really good stuff uh, using Mist as well, and you know if you if you have the confidence to try that in your classroom, see if it works, and if it doesn't work, well then don't do it. You know, I I think there's you know there's there's the opportunity to 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 try things out and do things. I I've had children writing music they loved it we were using um dance ej i think it was um and they were they were absolutely loving the fact that they were getting an end result that's the wonderful thing children you know with with the technology that we've got they have the opportunity to create something and have an end product which is as good as they can go out and buy in the shop quite often you know and, and the, the the technology is there with creativity with creative um, arts but also with physical things you know with the, the cheapness with which um, 3D printers are becoming, you know, it's possible to produce things. It's possible to create something. And the kids love that. They actually love having an end product that's that's real. And, you know, it's exciting from a teacher's point of view as well because you suddenly see what your children can do. It really is. And, and I think the other thing I like about those things is the fact that you take away the fact that you have to be right <laughs> and that's the thing yeah, about being yeah, creative yeah. um i mean i i find it quite a lot um with, with with my children is the fact that you know but it has to be like this you know it has to, you know i have to get it right or the teacher will be yeah. um yeah. concerned if i don't yeah. or or i get it wrong or i get into trouble or that sort of thing well, um, mrs may says you have to do your sums like this mrs may says that if that you have to use the bus stop method you know, and, and you think, I don't know what a bus stop is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, yeah, and I had that conversation recently as well in mass. I was, you know, we were talking about, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Just find the way that works best for this particular exactly. situation. But anyway, that we're, yeah. we could go off on that tangent for a long time. But uh, the um, I think I think what I was trying to trying to remember was the fact that um, a bit like you were saying about the, the mist idea, you know, when there's no narrative when you're making it up there is no right there is no wrong it just is whatever you're creating and i remember when i was at music college um we had an improvisation um class where there was an an old um sort of 1920s film with no soundtrack um and we just had to make the soundtrack up you know so it was all improvised it was all kind of right we're going to start it now you've literally got three minutes until we're going to stop it let's hear what you create and to begin with, that feels funny because it's like, oh, where do I even start? But then you start to watch the film, you think, oh, well, they're excited, so it's probably going to be faster or 
you know, look like they might be sad, so it might have a different feel to it, or someone's falling down the stairs, or so whatever it happens to be, you know. But as soon as you sort of release your fact to the fact, oh, it needs to be in this scale, or it needs to be in this key, or it needs to be like that, forget all of that. Let's just go with it and see where we end up at the end of the three minutes. And of course, you get some fantastic results then. And, and once you sort of get over the fact that you can't get it wrong, it can only be what you've produced. And then if you don't like it, you can do it again next time. And 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 that's just a that's a really exciting way to learn, I think. And, and well, it, it's funny you say that because because one of my favourite lessons that I, that I that I used to teach was was exactly the opposite of that because I used to use pieces of music and I used to say to children just get the children and, and in fact I did this with with all ages from PGC students through to year twos um, the, get them to lie on the floor and close their eyes and just tell them they're going to watch a film and just get comfortable and then just play pieces of music. And each time the music change was a was a cut in the film, was it a change, you know, just just a change of direction in the film? But the stories they came out with of what was happening, the power of what this the tale this music was telling was different to all children and all participants. Um, and they would develop these stories and they would quite happily change tack completely and go from a battle scene to something, some, some sort of love scene or whatever, you know, in an instant. And they could do that because we're so attuned to these things, the visual and the musician, musical things and the audio things. Um, and exactly like you were saying, the results were phenomenal to the point where, you know, I'd have to fight them off and say, look, I can't listen to all your stories, <laughs> but, you know, but keep it when you're next on, you've got to write a story and you've got it there ready for you. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then sort of bring that through to, you know, to this season, you know, if, if you follow um, uh, Lee Parkinson's idea, you know, that story would then be written on a blog and then you would, you'd post it and um, you'd find out where the music was from and what it was. And then you'd add the, all those things. And then before you know it, like you say, the ICT computing part of it is just purely just an extension of that creativity and those kind of ideas. And, and that's really where this season is, is, is really shown us, I think, is the fact that it's not, it's not a subject. It's actually just a modern way or an up-to-date way of, of of using the tools that we have at our disposal, and um, and it's, it's a, a different way, exactly it's different. A, yeah, it's where yeah. the it's where the inspiration and the creativity can take us in this modern age. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, thank so much for joining me it's been a great conversation and it's and it's really nice to sort of to sit back and and just sort of see the the whole season as a whole and um and 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 put that together in terms of what it really does mean for the for us as teachers in a school and, and how we can develop these things and um and uh, i'll look forward to speaking to you again in in season three and in season three um we're going to be talking to lots of children and people within schools and i want to find out what it is that excites them what it is that they really enjoy about school and, and i'm going to going to be creating 10 questions um that i'm going to put to schools and you can have the opportunity to uh, um to get in contact either be on the podcast or send them through and i'll read them out and just have have that chance to see what it is whether it's um um any particular country or any particular part of the uk you know we'll see if we get some some themes going through about what it is that children enjoy and what they don't and i've got a pretty good idea about where that may go but i'm always up for some surprises so we'll look forward to that conversation when we when we got some information of that we will i'm looking forward to season three immensely brilliant lovely well thanks very much peter and um we'll chat again soon cheers mark thanks bye thank you for listening to the education on fire podcast For more information, please go to educationonfire.com.